What up, world? It's your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Why don't you make this podcast your first listen every single day, five days a week, available on all your platforms. Make it Have something to talk about with your pals leading into the draft. So start your day, make it your first listen, and then tell your friends to do the same. Today's show, we're talking draft prospects. We're going to do scouting reports on two guys who worked out for the Trailblazers last week. Uh, this happened on Thursday and Friday of last week, but we had a couple interviews last week that were, that were a ton of fun. John Ross, former video coordinator of the Portland Trailblazers, joined the program, and then Kristen Peake of Yahoo Sports, uh, NBA draft analyst, joined the program. So we didn't get to dive into the specifics, although we talked about each of these gentlemen a little bit. We didn't get to dive into the specifics of uh, two guys who worked out for the Trailblazers, A.J. Griffin of Duke and Tari Eason of the Louisiana State Tigers, go Tigers. Um, so that's what we're going to do in today's episode. I want to talk who they are, what their draft range is, their strengths and their weaknesses, and sort of a fit and role and, and how, where and why they might fit with the Portland Trail Blazers. Let's, let's get to know who these two gentlemen are, though. Uh, A.J. Griffin came to Portland June 9th uh, last, of last week. That's last Thursday. Uh, he had a solo workout. He's been doing solo workouts. He, he went from Portland to Indiana, like uh, the pick right before the Blazers. The, the Pacers are sixth. Um, it's this is Griffin is going all around in that sort of outside of the top five lottery or five to ten lottery and working out for every team. He also worked out for the Knicks. Uh, it's who are at eleven. Like he's he's he is flying to all of those places and doing what you do. And typically those almost all of those places have been uh, have been solo workouts. He also was involved in the CAA uh, agent workout in LA, which every team in the NBA basically attended. Like it's, he's, he's gotten himself in front of folks. And the reason that people want to see Duke's AJ Griffin is because he's the size and skill set that is highly coveted in the league. He's 6'6", didn't do measurements at the NBA Combine, but I've seen it reported a couple places that he has a seven-foot wingspan. I'll tell you what, I've seen him play a bunch. He has long arms. I don't know how long they are, but he does indeed have long arms. In one season at Duke, he averaged 10.4 points, 3.9 rebounds, 1.0 assists, uh, half a steal, and a little more than half a block shot. 49 percent from the floor and 44.7 percent from three-point range that's the big one on over four attempts per game 79.2 percent from the free throw line the real story of aj griffin is that he's had some lower body injuries uh as a junior, January of his junior year, he dislocated his left kneecap in January. Uh, just kind of from what I read, landed weird, came down and had to, you know, dislocate his kneecap. A scary injury, to be sure. Uh, not, not, don't, you, nobody wants to have that happen to him. But uh, that was January of 2020. And it was reported that he might have actually been able to return towards the end of that, of his junior season. But that was the year that COVID came to into our lives. And so there was no basketball season for him to come back to his junior year. And then senior year, he, you know, we're still in the, like we didn't get out of it. Well, we're still here. So there was, he had an ankle injury his senior year and he was living with his father in Florida and it was traveling back to, from where he was living to rejoin his private high school was going to have some COVID complications. He was already like a top 15 recruit. He was going to choose between going to basically Villanova and Duke two of the best programs in the country. Um, so like he didn't need high school basketball anymore. So 
while he didn't really play his senior year in the high school basketball his senior year, uh, he it seems like just reading between the lines, maybe he realized that it was, you know, he was uh, months away from playing in the NBA and you might as well just train and work on your skill stuff. Um, you know, it's his father is a former NBA player. He's got pretty good help at home as he's Adrian Griffin Jr. For those of you who, who remember the sort of uh, 90s hoopers, uh, many of you will. But then at Duke, A.J. Griffin, his first, his, his when he went to training camp at Duke, he also sprained his knee and he was supposedly going to miss about a month. He, he basically missed all of camp, but didn't miss any games. Uh, he basically the the big impact of that was that he came off the bench early in his college career like he just he didn't duke had um kind of a log jam with wendell moore and, and trevor keels at at uh at, and palo bancaro frankly at at um griffin's spot so he was just because he missed some time early was was a little bit behind those guys and early in the season he he played lightly in some games against ohio state and gonzaga which he may have had big minutes in but regardless a 44 percent shooter on four attempts per game he's six seven like to, 220 like he's uh, <laughs> he's an NBA sized wing that was June 9th solo workout AJ Griffin gets in there and shoots his wide stance three pointers and the Blazers can watch him get him up get some shots up uh the next day there was a group workout headlined by LSU's Tari Eason uh Eason worked out with uh he was he was one of five guys in a workout. JD Notai from Arkansas, a point guard from from the Razorbacks program. Kenny Kenneth Lofton Jr. Kenny Lofton Jr., who I am so stunned to learn, is not Kenny Lofton's son. His dad is uh, is Kenny Lofton, uh, but not the baseball player. That was a absolute shocker to me in preparing for this podcast. That Kenny Lofton Jr. is the son of a different Kenny Lofton. Uh, <laughs> Who knew? Uh, that's big guy. Kenny Lofton's like a, a big 6'7", kind of outside shooter, uh, interesting type. Uh, he went to Louisiana Tech. Uh, Evan Beatty from Colorado, a, a forward from Colorado. Tyson Etienne from Wichita State, a point guard to match up with Notai. And Noah Kirkwood, a guard from, or a wing from Harvard. But the big name there, all those guys are like second round hopefuls, second round hopefuls, and Eason, who's going to go in the mid first round at some point. Like Eason is the name to know. And the reason you need to know him is because he's a six eight four with a seven two wingspan. He spent two years at LSU and his second season at LSU came off the bench. Only four starts, 33 games at LSU came off the bench. Was their leading scorer despite coming off the bench, having 16.9 points, 6.6 rebounds, an assist, 1.9 steals, and 1.1 blocks. Shot 52% from the floor, 35.9% from three, and 80% from the free throw line. Um, a dude whose highlight package, where AJ Griffins is like, oh man, that's a sweet shooting stroke, even if he has kind of a weird mechanics. Like, Tar Easton's highlights jump off the page. It's like, oh, dunk, swooping layup, rebound put back, and one foul. Uh, like, he's. He has, um, you know, it's, highlights are not are not all of scouting, but a more exciting highlight package. Definitely someone I was excited about. Those are the two two names you need to know. That's AJ Griffin of Duke, a, a, you know, a two three four type, like a true NBA wing, and Eason, who projects as like a forward uh, defensive role player. I want to talk about their strengths and their weaknesses in the second segment, but before we do that, I want to tell you about some real exciting news. NBA Jam is back like back, and you can bring it into your home. Arcade 1UP, the leader in home retro arcade gaming, is not only bringing back one of the great games of all times, they've made it bigger and better than ever 
with the Shack Edition machine. Listen, this is a chance to get a NBA Jam console in your home and a new special edition version of the game, like straight up playing the arcade, but in your house. If you're like me, you loved NBA Jam and continue to love NBA Jam into your adulthood. If you don't know about NBA Jam, this would be a really fun way to get into it. Um, it is the first NBA licensed game. It kind of made, it was the revolution in NBA gaming. Uh, the just two on two as two on two, no fouls, uh, no goaltending as fun as it possibly gets. Um, you can bring that into your home. You can pre-order right now. If you go to arcade1up.com, that's arcade, the number one, up.com, estimated early September ship date, arcade1up is the place for fun. They've got even more classics. If you don't want to play NBA Jam, what about Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, and so many others? They start at just $399, but check this out. They're giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition to a locked-on listener. That could be you, because you're if you're listening, you're a locked-on listener. Enter for a chance to win a console for your home at arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade, the number one, up.com slash locked on. You've got until July 8th to enter to win an NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Don't miss out. Enter today and figure out who you're going to play with, because it's going to be tons of fun. All right, let's talk about some strengths and weaknesses. AJ Griffin is a shoe her one of the best pure shooters in this draft class um he's got these skills that you want in an in an nba wing like he's he's six seven he was shooting above 50 percent from three into acc play like in in january he was red hot he was shooting you know 47 percent the first round of you know you play everyone in conference twice the first through the first round of ac play aj griffin is shooting 47 percent from three on four attempts per game he's making two a night easy easy money two a night and he could have got more up there just wasn't duke had kind of a mouse to feed problem and he just didn't he didn't have um he didn't have the opportunity that he might have had somewhere else with a team that like didn't have a true true point guard and ran a lot of offense through Paolo Bencaro. Uh, he can shoot. That's a strength, and he has the right frame to be a three or potentially a small four eventually because he's big with long arms. Like he could um, increasingly strength and long arms can allow you to get away with playing four if you can rebound a little bit. Although some teams are just going to be bigger than you, but I think AJ Griffin could play two, three, and four in the league. But a shooter with an NBA frame, that's exciting at, um, at you know, at, at 19 years old. Uh, the, the most of the sort of draft range for Griffin have seen him as high as five. Uh, he's not really creeping up, up in the, into the top four, but as high as five right there. Uh, if, if Detroit or Sacramento does something funky and he ends up there and as low as like 11, he's going to go somewhere very likely in the top 10. He'll be the second Duke guy off the board unless something really bizarre happens with Paolo Bancaro. Um, he's going to, I was early in the season. I was a big time believer in AJ Griffin as like a long-term NBA player. And I don't think that has changed, but I, I was, I would say down the stretch of the ACC tournament and into the NCAA tournament, um, you know, I don't watch a ton of college basketball, but I watched Duke a ton. I've seen AJ Griffin play a ton of games. Um, so this I feel more confident than in say maybe some other scouting like Eason, who I saw play one total game in college. Uh, like I feel confident in my scout of AJ Griffin is that he just didn't have a lot. He didn't run a lot of pick and roll, like sort of on ball juice stuff that you want to see a guy have like some secondary playmaking skills in, in the league, shoot a lot of standstill shooting and, and even his drives to the rim. Like he has this frame and, and, and you think like some, uh, you know, some, some strength to get himself to the cup. It's pretty mechanical with him. Pump fake, 
get him up, get your guy up in the air, take two dribbles, you know, sidestep, little scoop floater. Like he doesn't have a lot of that. It's like explosive, really impressive moves. He has some times where he slows down and uses his strength to decelerate. That's a real skill in the league and can translate. And I think he, I think he can, um, you know, I think he can develop into some, some on ball creation stuff. Uh, he just didn't do much. He doesn't have a lot of reps. So you just like, you really just don't know. Um, and, and I don't think he's much of a passer. Uh, it's hard to know because I, th- I think like, the guy you would pass it to on Duke would be AJ Griffin. Uh, and he had a couple kickouts occasionally to, to Ben Carroll where it was like, okay, these dudes can play, but I don't think, um, you know, I just didn't see it a bunch like on ball creation stuff, either for his own shot or for other people's shot. Like I think he, I think he's strong enough and has a frame enough to be a guy who can drive to the rim. But if he can't, he's an incredibly gifted shooter. And that along with his size will really be that's his upside there the weaknesses are that are that maybe the injury stuff maybe the you know a a kneecap and then a sprained knee and also an ankle injury that may be a little overblown but some a, a variety of lower body injuries may have zapped some of his athleticism that made him this like you know team usa phenom as a 17 year old uh he's you know like i said he doesn't have the crazy highlights i think he can get there and i think you know some of it is just like Duke playing for Duke. Uh, he didn't, they didn't, uh, he, he was not going to be that guy at Duke that the, that stuff was going to run through him because of just the nature of their team. They had five NBA players in the roster. Uh, he, he wasn't going to get like that high level usage stuff where you get to see, okay, let's see Griffin attack and attack and attack and attack again. They ran most of that through Bancaro and otherwise, you know, late in the year they were, they had to put Jeremy Roach on the court and have a, a point guard out there. Uh, I, I think the question with Griffin is not really offense, but it's does the athleticism impact his defense and his foot speed enough that he can't really guard twos and threes and he has to guard fours? That's the question. Um, and then it's like he's an undersized four and it's, it doesn't have the lateral movement to guard on the wing. And then he's like a three and D uh, player with questionable defense. He's a three and something else type of contributor. I think that's the concern. But for me, he has the frame to be an, an NBA wing. Like uh, if you would ask me in January, really excited about him. You asked me in June. Um, I'm a little more skeptical, but I still think long-term NBA player. Eason on the other side, is kind of like uh, the reverse of Griffin. If Griffin is like in some ways dependable because he has that one NBA skill, Eason is like hopeful because he just plays with a lot of juice. Like he just plays really hard. All the scouting reports mention he's he's a really good defender, a really good off-ball defender, really good on-ball defender. Uh, the numbers, like permanent numbers, advanced numbers, check out as him as a really, really impactful defensive player. But I think that chaos worries people. The scouting reports I've read from The Ringer and from ESPN, as well as uh, on, on The Athletic from San Vicini, uh, over at uh, NBA Big Board with uh, with Raphael, my friend Raphael Barlow, like it's the the concern with Eason is that he's chaotic. His strength in college, just driving to the rim and being you know a force in the half court, is maybe not something you can get away with. And maybe his um, you know his he he played the small ball center a little bit, and and uh, in at LSU the one game I watched he straight up was played center off the bench like and point guard. It was really fun, uh, but he like you know it's he's 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 has a pretty heavy foul rate and maybe if he isn't the rim protector his foul rate will go down a little bit so i think for him it's it's the decision making and just his like 
general chaos, does that translate to being an effective half-court player? Um, you know, he's shot almost 36% from three. Um, he can handle at his size. He's got, he can pass a little bit at his size. He projects as like a pretty aggressive defender. You know, who knows? like the chaos stuff, if he's like, can be a good team concept defender, if he's just kind of like a high energy, you know, pest, um, as opposed to this like elite help defense, elite sort of team, like I said, team concept defender. But if like, he's got some tools to be intriguing, he was a guy who was listed up in the, in the top 10 picks early on in this process. And he has slid dramatically. Uh, I have not seen mock drafts where he is much higher than 12. Uh, and Recently, I have seen mocks where he slips into the 20s, and including a recent one released today by uh, Gary Parrish of CBS. He has uh, Tari Eason falling all the way down to 23. So he's someone who's for sure slipping. Uh, there's been some whispers that he's had some bad workouts. To me, sometimes bad workouts means I'm a team at 16. Please tell anyone that will listen that Tari Eason's bad and you don't want to draft him in those first 15 picks. I'd be wary of the quote bad workouts, but I, multiple people have kind of mentioned that he's had some bad, you know, hasn't done well in the interview section. I always find that stuff to be well, let's let's just like put that put that in your back pockets. Know that that's kind of the the whispers that are out there on Eason right now, and we'll see uh, what happens. Uh, you know, when when I had uh, Richard from Mavs draft on here, he said that his intel had had heard that he'd heard that Eason had had some bad workouts, specifically with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I would say that Sam Presti going off board, leaking some or his people leaking some sort of uh, negative intel on Eason and then drafting him like 12th or whatever. Totally in play. Totally in play for OKC. Certainly could happen. So let's talk about to close the show whether either of these gentlemen would be fits on the Blazers and where exactly would they fit. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com. The family business specializing in helping do-it-yourselfers work on your automobile. For two decades, 20 years of experience helping you save time and money, real money, like 30, 50, even 100% more, excuse me, less than if you go to a chain auto parts store or the car dealership. You're going to spend more time there. They're not going to have the parts you need because they just physically can't carry everything for every make and model. And you're going to, you're just going to spend more cash after you've wasted your time. If you go to Rock Auto, you avoid the hassle of do they have it because you can quickly scroll through their easy-to-use website and find out what they've got for whatever make and model you are whipping these days. And like I said, you're going to save some cash because they're cheaper than going to a chain auto parts store or going to a car dealership. So why don't you go check out all the parts available for your car or truck on their website, rockauto.com. And while you're there, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Let's talk about Eason and Griffin and their fits with the Trailblazers. Griffin, if he is, if the biggest concern you hear from draft people are the medicals, are the medicals. If his knees and legs check out, then he is like exactly what teams want. And so let's assume, because I don't know about, I, how could I possibly, I'm a podcaster, not a physician. If I was a physician, I certainly don't have access to anyone's medical history. I know what I know. He, you know, junior year, he had a, he dislocated his, knee, his left kneecap. 
senior he had an ankle injury, but maybe just skipped it because he didn't need to play any more high school basketball. And then he got hurt in at Duke early, like in training camp. He didn't miss any games at Duke. Um, he kind of missed out on having a bigger role, but he he was shooting 50 freaking percent from three in January. Like he was rolling when he played. Uh, and some of it was just like roster stuff. How do you get Trevor Keels and Winnemore and Winnemore on the, on the court? Like Duke, Duke had that issue and Griffin got crunched because of that issue and probably because of the injury stuff too. If he's healthy, I think he's close to an ideal wing and I would be very, very comfortable with the Blazers taking him at seven. I know where he went to college. Go Tar Heels. <laughs> Straight up. I got no love for Duke. But I'll be very comfortable with the Blazers taking him at seven. I think he'll be a long-term NBA player. He might not have the upside of a guy like Shaden Sharp or or Dyson Daniels or someone you say, okay, okay, this could this really could he could really develop into something. He's not 18 years old like Jalen Duran, who you're like, okay, this is like I don't I don't mean to suggest that AJ Griffin is a finished product by any means, but I think he's closer to what you know he's going to be. And yet he's still probably not a day one contributor. So he's like not quite like he could he could play in the NBA, but like as on a good team, is he a day one contributor? I'm not. I I don't think so right away. In general, most rookies aren't, so it's a safe bet. But I think he could be a contributor in his rookie year. I think he has a skill set that can help you play in the league early on. Uh, the right size and shooting ability. If you make the threes, they can figure out where to fit you on the other end. If the only thing you can do is shoot, it's the best skill to only, it's the best thing to only be good at. Shooting is the best. If you're going to have one skill, shooting is the best skill to quote unquote, only be good at. I would be comfortable with the Blazers taking him at seven. I think he's that good. Uh, he's not my choice. I would pick like, here's my big board. I would take Ben Matherin over him. I would take, uh, if Keegan Murray, I, I would take him if he's there over him, but, but Griffin would be uh, Dyson Daniels probably would take over Griffin, but not super confidently. I don't think I've made my mind up there, but like Griffin would be right in the range. If he's there at seven, really worth considering because the Blazers need wings. They need shooting. They need like defensive potential and a six, six with long arms at, you know, a two fifteen to somewhere between two ten and two twenty, Like, that's an NBA sized wing and an NBA sized wing is like, that's the position literally every team needs. And specifically the Blazers need, I would have no problem with Griffin at seven. Tar Easton's not a pick at seven. It's not a pick at seven, but if the Blazers trade back, depending on where they trade back, like, uh, you know, if they, if they, they swap with your Atlanta Hawks as a trade, we'll talk about a little bit later on this week. If they've, if they happen to trade back with the Atlanta Hawks, or if they trade back with say the Rockets at 17 or whatever it might be in the teens, I would take, I would take a long and, and serious look at Eason because, um, the defensive ability and the, and the playmaking skills like ball skills and defensive acumen, are what you want off the bench. I do not know. I don't know if Tar Eason is like a long-term NBA starter. I'm pretty confident that AJ Griffin's a long-term NBA starter. But for me, what Tar Eason is a is a role player who is the exact size that he, that that you every team needs more six eight athletes who can shoot a little bit, pass a little bit, and play hard as hell on defense. That's every every team needs more dudes like that off the bench. Even teams chock full of them. You know what the Clippers do? They have a whole roster full of those sized gentlemen. Like they have got Reggie Jackson and then a bunch of six, eight dudes who can handle and shoot. Like that's the plan. Um, if that team's healthy, they're going to be title favorites. That's how this works. Like it's, it's, um, 
it's the size you need. I think Eason's um, sort of lack of maybe half-court impact and maybe his sort of like a general chaos as a defensive player make you think like, oh, this there's more, there's a just a wider range of outcomes. But, you know, 17 and 7 with two steals and a block in, in the SEC, uh, like his size and skills and and versatility i think are really intriguing i think if he's there and you're on the board at you know 15 and and back if the blazers trade back again not at 7 but the blazers trade back i'd be really comfortable with with Tari Eason as well i'd also be really comfortable comfortable with Kenny Lofton Jr. Kenneth Lofton Jr. because I would I would love to tell him that I thought his dad, like I'm sure millions of people have, thought his dad was former uh, Cleveland and Atlanta baseball player, University of Arizona standout Kenny Lofton, Steve Kerr's teammate at the, at um, U of A. How am I supposed to know that? I'm prepping for the draft. I'm learning that Kenny Lofton's dad is another Kenny Lofton. And I'm learning that I think Tari Eason's a pretty good pick in the teens and that A.J. Griffin is, it, I am totally comfortable with A.J. Griffin at seven. Later this week, uh, we got more fun for you. We're going to talk a little bit of trade speculation stuff, OG and Obi and John Collins. Make sure you're back for that. Blazers are going to have a couple more draft workouts, according to uh, Casey Holdall of Blazers.com. So we'll talk about who else the Blazers work out. We are in the home stretch, uh, 10 days away, as you are listening to this from the NBA draft. This is going to be the last week of workouts. The last guys the Blazers bring in, we will talk about who they bring in. We'll kind of look back at all of the folks they brought in and talk about what they might be doing. We're going to round up the latest rumors. We'll look at the latest mock drafts. We're going to have a ton of fun. So come back. Make this your first listen every day. Tell your friends to do the same. Look for us wherever you get podcasts. Also on YouTube, five days a week. Appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.